Welcome back to Go Book Yourself. Today, we are talking about a hot topic. What parts of my book can I do by myself and save money? You don't want to miss it. Tune in to Go Book Yourself, powered by Helix Interactive, with your book coach and publishing expert, Hilary Jastrom. Welcome back to Go Book Yourself, everybody. I'm talking about a hot topic today, but before we jump in, let's go ahead and, as they used to say back in the old days, we're going to pay some bills, give a little shout out to our sponsors. So as always, our parent company, Dayhill Marketing and Creative Services, soon to be rebranded. Don't tell anybody. And uh, we'll have information on that shortly. But in any regard, our parent company has always been there for us and supported us. And it just feels like a little, um, just the, the relationships are overlapping as I say this. But it's it's damn true. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. So I want to give a shout out to them and say thank you very much for the sponsorship. As well as uh, I want to invite you, if you are thinking of writing a book or you've got a book partially written, Maybe you need some ghostwriting. Maybe you need some partial ghostwriting. Maybe you just need proofing, line editing, whatever the case is. The point is that J Hill Marketing and Creative Services, as well as their book editing division, Bookmark, is designed to bundle and unbundle whatever you want and deliver whatever you need. So make sure you head on over to J Hill Mark. That's two L's, J Hill, H I L L, Mark.com. And up in the menu portion there is bookmark. And you can click on that, get started, send us a message. We'd love to work with you on your project and help you further develop your voice so that you are a ripple going on out into the world, changing lives and changing your own at the same time. So this is a hot topic today. And actually, This is a banner day as she moves the microphone around, trying to get comfortable. Uh, And the reason it's a banner day is because I went out on a limb today and with the help of Helix Interactive and the one and only Drew Linsalata, we've decided to go video and see if this is something that is sustainable. And right now, like, I'm feeling really good. I'm in my office. I'm I'm jamming. I'm wearing my summer attire. No, it's not warm. I'm going through menopause. So in case anybody was wondering, (laughs) this is the kind of lively banter, banter of one, now seating banter of one, that you can expect on this show. But so we're shooting from the hip today. We're also trying something new, which I'm super excited about. So I really hope that you're going to hang in there with us as we're going to discuss what parts of my book can I do by myself and why. And I think that's the critical component is anybody can can give an answer. But um, it's really important to know why. Why are you telling me this? Why do I need to shell out money here? Why do I need to shell out money there? And um, so how I explain things to my authors is that, and this goes for uh, fiction and nonfiction, how I explain is we're just going to open up the book and we we'll start on that first page on that cover and figure out what can you do by yourself and why so that you can save money, but you're still going to have a very professional looking book. And that is the one thing I'm going to encourage you to do throughout this process of writing your book and creating the book is you always want to make sure that there is no question in anyone's mind that you have 
opted for professional execution. So anybody looking at the book is going to say, wow, they really cared. Because what happens if you don't? What happens if you slipshod slap something together? Somebody picks up the book and they go, well, they don't really care about what they're saying or what they're doing or what's going out into the world. So why should I? Why should I care about their message when they didn't care enough about me to make it the best experience that they possibly could? So you're doing it. Yes, you're doing it for you. It's going to be this wonderful memento and an amazing time of your life. You are never, no matter where you go, whatever you do, nobody can take that away from you. So that's that's pretty special. But you're doing it for the reader. And you'll know if you're a listener and you've talked to me or heard me or whatever, you will know that I always am reader centric. Because I said for the listener, guess what? I caught it. It's for the reader. <laughs> so you're doing it for the reader. You always want to be reader centric. And that's exactly why you're going to be making some of these choices that you are today. So let's flip on back to the book. And in the front, we obviously have the cover. When I talk about the cover, I'm going to talk about the cover in its entirety. And so this is the spread of the cover. When you look at a cover, if it's laid out in front of you, it goes back cover, spine, front cover. So that is what we're going to be discussing is the entirety of that cover, the, the total cover. But we will start with the front cover. So obviously the cover in any capacity, you need to hire a professional designer. And yes, you can find people on Fiverr. You absolutely can. I found a couple of people that way. Um, not many. I'll tell you not many because it, it really is true. The old adage is true. You're going to get what you pay for. So I try to price our covers, for example, like right in the middle, maybe just a hair above marketing. That's that's good positioning advice, by the way, in business. Just if you're going to take that notebook out, just jot down a couple of notes. That's good um, business advice. It really is because the perception and the, and the value is there. So in any regard, um, back to the cover. You always want somebody who has designed a book cover before to do your cover because you don't have the time in such a professional execution. You don't have the time to sit down and train somebody and say, okay, listen, I need 300 DPIs here. At least this one only has 72 and to have them go, well, gosh, what the heck does that mean? You don't want somebody who is hanging up on uh, bleeds or somebody who doesn't understand how um, the, the amount of pages that you have feeds into how wide your spine is going to be. You want somebody who understands, okay, on the back in the lower right, for example, that's where the barcode's going to go. So my design needs to fit within all of these parameters. You also want somebody who understands the varying elements that are going to go on a cover so that they can advise you on that point. I think that's really a, a critical piece of it. And I highly encourage you to go with somebody. And as I tell my authors, like, I don't care. Go with us. Don't go with us. Make the decision that is right for you, but invest in that cover. And I invite you not to be too scarcity mindset oriented, too, too budget oriented. Um, and I know some people are going to scold me for that and be like, but I need to know my budget. Yes, you do. But First of all, I want the relevancy. So who's going to do the best job 
on the cover? Can that person fit in my budget? And are you connecting with them also? So I think that that's a, a critical piece, a couple of critical pieces there. So that's the cover piece. Now we move into the interior of the book, and this is where it gets uh, it gets a little hairy. So some of what I'm going to be recommending is going to apply to some people and not going to apply to others because we pick and choose our book editing services based on aptitude. So how comfortable are you writing? Do you like writing at all? Some people are like, man, I hate writing and I just want you to do it all. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it down a notch. Of course we got you. Don't say hate. Remember when I was a little girl, if we said hate, we had to pay a quarter, which was like our allowance. So I was like, hmm, I guess I won't use that word. <laughs> now it's such a tame word when you think of it, but it's just it's drenched with negativity. So um, in any regard, it's not that you are going to dislike writing or whatever, but it's finding that fit for you. So if you're a person who some people are more math minded, for example, like how to scare the hell out of me. Here's here's a fine example for you. Have me do arithmetic in front of an auditorium full of people. That That's one way. That's one way. Ask my husband. He'll attest to that. I'm a smart person, but man, have me... Have me do anything simple arithmetic like that and I forget it. I shut down. I freeze. So if that's you when it comes to writing, then you want to think about some of these other services. Now, typically we run the gamut and I think you should run the gamut when you're providing uh, services to people who are coming to you that they have different needs and uh, varying, varying strengths and aptitudes and things of that nature. So you can start with proofing, go all the way through to complete and total ghostwriting, which includes research and uh, uh, the writing of the entire first draft, um, the multiple edits, and the best practices then after that would be to hire a proofer. But you get my point is that we can do it from um, A to Z, essentially. And that is what you need to determine based on your aptitude. Regardless of where you are, at some point, at the very least, you need a proofer. Now, somebody might come to me and say, my mom used to teach um, I don't know, high school English or college English, or she was a professor. She's retired now. She wants to do my proofing. Hey, she's got credibility in my book. Okay. That's, that's great. Let's get mom in there. Let's get her working and, and that's fine. And if mom is not going to charge you, you know, who am I to haggle over that bill? But I want to make sure somebody other than yourself, other than the author, is going to get into that book and they are going to proof it. And that is critically important because at some point what happens after you're writing the book and you can do multiple iterations, um, I started working on my second fiction novel. It's probably been a couple months since I started working on it, but in any regard, my process is that I just pour it out and I'm not judging myself. I'm not holding back. I'm not editing. I'm not questioning what's happening. And then and I go through after that and I'm doing multiple editing rounds after that when I'm putting on kind of a different hat. So first I put my writer hat on and then I put my editor hat on. 
even when I put my editor hat on and I've gone through it a number of times, I can't see. Man, I cannot see. I am cross-eyed. I have no idea what I'm looking at. And the brain does something too. So it's interesting. And you'll see these things on social media all the time. So it'll be like, um, read this sentence and pick out four Fs or whatever. And it's difficult for your brain to do because your brain wants to see things correctly. So it will insert letters where there are no letters to make sure if the word is of, for example, and it's supposed to be off, it's going to put that extra F in there. So that's why you want fresh eyes coming to the page that have never seen it before. So they're able to pick up those little editorial idiosyncrasies and make sure that your book is of the utmost professional presentation. So cover so far, if you're keeping track, and I hope you are, and the interior of the book, at least get that proofing done. What I've done recently, and um, my authors can attest to this, that I used to do the formatting for their books. And it was fine. It was elemental. The pages matched. There was a table of contents. Um, there were headers on top of the pages, etc. It was it was great. Title pages where they're supposed to be. That you know everything matched, and so there was no guessing. But it wasn't it wasn't glamorous. It was very um, just basic, right? We'll make sure that the basic information is put in, and people can follow along, so that the book is able to do what it's supposed to do, which is guide you through the content. So you're going to go here, 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 and here, and delivers on that expectation. I'm going to pick up the book. I'm going to open it up. Oh, this is the order it's going to go in. Okay, great. So we could deliver on that. The aesthetic aspect of it was a little lacking. So I brought in a formatter, and there are people out there, and their jobs are only to format books. I don't know if you knew that. But that is uh, the stylistic aspect of it. So they'll help you pick fonts. They'll move things around. They have uh, in their programs, they have a lot more freedom to do things. So they can increase white spaces to give the eye a rest, for example. Um, they'll move those headers and footers around. They can jimmy up the page numbers and do all kinds of different things, uh, create the sections differently. They can do call outs and pull quotes and uh, little graphical elements that help your book to pop. So you may want to invest in a formatter. If you don't want to and the budget is a concern, then it is fine to go ahead and just have a very basic structural um, format for your book. There's no problem with that at all. And if, if you can, if you can afford it, then go ahead and hire that formatter. And of course, as always, make sure you're vetting people. So, uh, and you can always reach out to me too. If you're like, hey, I don't know about this person or whatever, I'm happy to help you. I'm happy to give you referrals to people that can help you. So that is one that you don't necessarily, where you don't need to spend your money. Formatters range, what I'm finding is anywhere from $500 all the way up to 2000 a lot of that has to do with the size of your book. It has to do with um, the dimensions of your book, the word count, etc. So that's why there's such a range. If you've got a magnum opus, you're talking, you know, upwards of a thousand dollars, maybe fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand, even. So think about 
that when you're considering what do I need to invest in with my book? And um, I also want to talk to you about uploading. So I've seen things lately, and I'll tell you what really chaps my head, okay, is people coming out and saying, well, you can self-publish a book, and it's not that difficult. You just learn this program, and then you upload the book. And let me tell you what, I've uploaded like 100 books by now, and it is not simple, okay? Okay. It's not simple if you have a discerning eye, which you should have a discerning eye. It's your book for criminy sakes, right? Did that sound really Minnesotan? Was it just was it just me? Was that okay? Maybe it wasn't. Anyways, you need a discerning eye for your book because you need to give a shit. That's what it boils down to. You need to give a shit. So you're going to be going back and forth. Let's say you get everything uploaded. First of all, you have to know what format it's going to be in. And there's different formats for different iterations of books or different presentations of books. So for example, there's a different format if you're going to be uploading the paperback than there is if you're uploading an ebook. And these things change also. And here's a super groovy thing about the program that most people use, KDP, is that they don't offer a lot of help. So you're kind of going to have to fly solo. And if you get stuck, what you need to do is go out and find somebody to have them help you. So I'm actually working with somebody right now to have them take a look at a file cover and say, what's the deal with this resolution? Why isn't it matching up? Am I missing something? Is it a, a snag with, uh, because we did a, a non-standard cover size. That's the other thing. You're going to have to know your sizes. So this is why I'm saying there are certain experts that can make it so much easier and assure you that your book is going to be absolutely professional. It's going to be competitive. So if you put it next to um, any of the other books on Barnes & Noble, for example, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, not in the cover quality, not in the paper quality, not in the ink quality, none of it. You should not be able to tell the difference between a self-published book and a book that's coming from a traditional publisher. So back to our uploading, we've talked about some of the formatting that is going to be varying. We've talked about the dimensions that are acceptable. Um, the two main programs that people are using are KDP, which is an acronym or whatever you want to call it. I th yeah, acronym for Kindle Direct Publishing. And even though it has the word Kindle in the name, which denotes ebook only, it doesn't apply to just ebooks. It's where you're going to upload your paperback and um, as well as your ebook. So you'll control many, many things from KDP. But you should also know that Ingram Spark is another application that people are using sometimes. I'm not a huge fan of Ingram Spark because they take a honking amount of um, royalties. They take like, what was it, 60 percent. I believe. So, and that's that's huge. And I've heard of 70%. So that's huge. And that's a consideration too, because then it's like, well, what am I paying all this money for? If I'm going to have this book published, I'm going to get 30% royalties. I think we can do better than that. Uh, but in any regard, back to our uploading. So uh, the uploading, 
you're going to input uh, the cover. You're going to make sure the Amazon description is in there. You have to select seven keywords. You'll have to select genres, which is a whole nother animal because genre selection is a bit of magic. And it has something to do with that Amazon algorithm, which is a kind of nebulous as well. When people hacked into it and they were like, hey, I can just buy 300 books right now. Look at that. I'm a bestseller. Amazon said, hey, I don't want it. Okay. And we need different IP addresses. We can't have anybody who is associated at all with this book in any way, shape or form, because those sales don't count. Author sales, where you can go into these platforms, particularly KDP, and you can order author copies that come to you at about a third of the cost of the retail. Those don't count either. So they've gotten very selective on those things. Reviews count. The number of page views count. So a lot of people don't know that. Your initial pricing at the time of launch counts. Where your pricing is, is another that I believe counts. I'm not sure on that one, but it would make sense to me. Um, the marketing that you choose to use through KDP or, or that you don't use. And like we talked about, the genres too. So you can select two genres right now and you are selecting them based on relevance, yes. So it's kind of like you're saying like, okay, these genres make sense and they nest too. So these are nesting genres. So it'll be a nonfiction business memoir or nonfiction business economics, blah, 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 blah. The further down in the nesting column you go, you're going to have fewer authors. So that's the point, is you're going to spend some time saying, oh, these are relevant. And within that relevance, then you want to make sure that um, that you're picking two genres with the least amount of authors to compete. So these are things that you've got to know, man. You got to make mistakes. You got to piddle paddle around in there and figure out how it goes. Then comes the uploading. And here's a super fun, fantastic part that can take like 10 hours. So make sure that you are a coffee drinker. So consider that. Am I a coffee drinker? <laughs> I got a little too close to the microphone. It surprised me. Um, I guess that's what happens when you switch it on and you, I did it again. <laughs> when you switch it on and you go to uh, a live presentation. Ooh. In any regard, so when you're uploading, you're going to upload the manuscript in whatever format you need to do, whether it's Word or whether it's uh, um, an EPUB or a Mobi. The EPUB and the Mobi are um, appropriate for eBooks. The you and you can do it in Word too. But what you have to understand is there's a specific table that needs to be used in Word. It's uh, I believe it's called the NYX or NCX. And it denotes that you've put bookmarks in your table and that you've hyperlinked things. So there's some formatting issues. You got to pull out any of your footnotes. They can't be um, automatically generated in Word, for example. You don't want those. You you can't do those. So those have to be pulled out and put back in manually. And there's some other criteria that that needs to be met as well. And then what you're doing, and this is the super fun part where the coffee comes in is you're going to look at the digital previewer and I'm talking about ebook only right now. So you're going to look at that digital previewer and you're going to make sure that that ebook looks great. The margins are reaching up to the top. 
it makes sense on the bottom. Sometimes the margins won't reach all the way down to the bottom because of the settings in Word, for example. So you need to know how to get around that. And then uh, there's no page number, so all those have to come out. There's no headings. All those have to come out. But the big point here is that because you are going from one format to another, you are going to lose some of that integrity. So even if your spacing is all correct in Word, and I've seen this happen a quadrillion times, I'll be like, this spacing is so great. It makes me feel good inside. Like... I folded a fitted sheet or something, right? Like I bested the system. Then I get it into the digital previewer and it's like, nope, even though your spacing looks like this, because I toggle back and forth between two programs, it'll say either that space isn't there or there's a double space. So I have to go back in and each time, then I'll go back into the manuscript, I'll make changes, and then I need to re-upload, I need to wait again, I need to do the digital previewer again. Moving something in this area means it might be affected down here because if I pulled it up here, then I might have pulled something up on a different page, etc. So it's very fussy, very fussy. And that's the ebook. And the um, paperback is the same, but the difference there is that you have another layer. So you're not just going from one program into the digital previewer. You're going from the original document, which is your Word document. Then you turn that into a PDF, which is the only format that KDP allows right now for their paperback books. So turn it into a PDF. Great. Upload it into the digital previewer. That's super fantastic, right? And then if there are issues, you have to change it in the Word document. Then you have to go back in and reformat into the PDF, which means you're embedding fonts, which is a super fun, fun. It sounds like it's as fun as it sounds. That's all I can say. You're embedding the fonts to make sure that they are able to uh, show up in that digital previewer and that KDP can work with them. Because sometimes you might choose fonts that are not standard. They're not Arial, not Times New Roman. They're not whatever. So especially if you have a very um, aesthetic appealing book, you might have fonts that, that need to be embedded. So you need to make sure. So you make that change or changes, whatever it is, go back in, reformat it to the PDF and then uh, embed those fonts, save it again. You get what I'm saying. And then you're going to export it. You're going to re-upload it into KDP. And dudes, man, that's the interior, okay? That's like the interior only. That doesn't even count the cover. Don't get me started on the cover. You got to make sure that your, your bleeds, uh, you can't have a cover with no bleeds. And essentially that means like a big white frame around it so you have to know well how far out should my bleeds be that's what your graphic designer needs to know um, you need to make sure that your spine is perfect that all the letters are fitting in the spine so in short you can see what I'm saying when you're all done with that then you're going to pick the price okay so let's say everything goes well or you spent 10 hours one of the two take your pick and so then you're ready to save it as you save it, you're going to go through more of the process. So then it's going to take you into pricing. It's going to take you into some marketing. And this doesn't even count if you're doing a pre-order. You might be doing a pre-order. And a pre-order is the only way to get an actual launch date 
out of your book. Otherwise, you're kind of in a window. It's like, well, it could be five to seven business days. It might be um, a week and a half, you know, all days, whatever, depending on what's going on. KDP issued a statement or they kind of had a disclaimer on their page that said, um, it might take longer than usual right now because of COVID. And I was like, okay, great. We're going to just buckle up and, and hang tight. But both iterations of a book were up that day, the ebook and the paperback. So my point is make sure you're knowledgeable in making these choices. But I recommend that you have somebody for your cover somebody who has done covers before, I recommend that you have at least proofing, at the very least proofing. And if you don't know what's going on with the uploading, then absolutely 100% you need to make sure that you have hired somebody to do that and somebody who knows their way around it and understands it. You may also have to hire somebody to get the formatting done for the ebook. And I'm not I'm not talking about um, the visual appeal. I'm talking about that NCX table that's hyperlinked and bookmarked. That's what I'm talking about there. There are actual technical functionalities of these books that that are called for in the paperback, like we talked about. I'm talking about somebody to embed the font for you who knows how to do that. So there are things that you can choose to do and there are things that, well, you probably don't want to do either. I mean, if you're like me, then I'm like, well, let's see, I could do this and I could spend a lot of time on it and do something, and I'm not talking about this because obviously I know how to do this, but I could I could do something that I don't typically do And maybe it's not the best use of my time. Maybe I could hire somebody to do this and I can go over here in my business. I can do that and then I can make actually more money if I focus on this area versus if I'm trying to teach myself something that maybe I'm not going to use that much. And maybe, I don't know about you, but this is why I outsource my uploading now because I don't want to spend 10 hours, period, and a subject. (laughs) So... Thank you for being with me today on this uh, virgin aspect of the show. And if you're hearing that duck quacking in the background, that is my husband's cell phone ringing. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the ring I've identified for him. So when I hear a duck quacking, I know it's him. Don't ask me why. I he doesn't have any weird, you know, physical proclivities or whatever. I just picked it. It was funny. So now you get to be in on the joke too. But I'm so glad you joined me. I hope that you found some value in this. Remember, if you're ready to start your book or if you just want to talk about it, I do a ton of consultations with people to help them get clear on what they want to write about and create their outlines as well. Head on over to jhill2ls, jhillmark.com and then hit the bookmark tab and away you'll go. And that brings this episode, our maiden video voyage, to a close. Again, thank you for being here. And you know what time it is. That's right. It's time to go book yourself. Till next time, authors. Right on.